It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs preseason podcast team previews. And today we are going to look at the Cronulla Sharks with Ryan and intern Austin. Ryan, I know you're a... An unenthusiastic Sharks fan. Would that be the best way to describe it? Yeah, probably. Fallen out of love with them, but uh, yeah, still yeah. still don't mind the, the blue. Yeah, Gallon and Fafita really made the Sharks, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just got sick of the constant scandals. It just, it just ruined my love for them. Just every year there was something. Just, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, you get a lot of luck with sports teams, do you? You seem to follow a bunch of teams that are, you know, between them and the... Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders. You, you're not having a big oh, amount yeah. of success with football teams. No, mate, they're just no good. Hey, like, honestly, like, been, been, uh, oh, geez, this is just all we got to talk about with the Sharks anyway. How <laughs> 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 I used to be a fan, but like, Lenny, just since I've been a kid, like, I, was, I loved him as a kid because, like, you know, Matt Rogers, Preston Campbell, Nigel Vungana, David Peachy, like, they were so good, Brett Camorley. And then, like, it's just been constant scandal for about 20 years. Like, we had, what, first it was uh, Matty Johns in the bonding session. Then we had Greg Birdglass and his missus. Then we had the awful bloody Ricky Stewart years with Nathan Gardner at fullback and his ass pulled out and, on national television. That was the only notable thing from that period in Sharks history. Then we had the bloody peptides, and then we actually got good for a little bit, and they actually got good, and they won the premiership, and it was the best year of my life. Like, that bloody grand final was the best day of my life. Oh, it was so bloody the, good. Um, at the stock exchange in Brisbane. Oh, mate. It, it, I, I did a shoey. I was so happy. And then I, and then, and then it was only a couple of months later. We have, we've got bloody Ben Barber doing lines, and now he's, he's off. He's off. He's off to the Cowboys to belt his missus as well. And... And then, and then we got bloody Shane Flanagan again, ruining his suspension. He, like it's just never ending. Just it, it's just it and it just it wore me down. Like the the Shane Flanagan was like the final nail in the coffin for me, and like I just I just couldn't do it anymore. And like it just ruined my love for the team. And oh, I forgot about the Bronson Cherry. Oh my god, it's it's just. <sighs> yeah. Thank you. This is going to be the best preseason podcast because it's going to have about five seconds of fantasy chat and two minutes of Ryan ranting about the Sharks. <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster. I'm calm. Yeah. All right, boys. Austin, I know you're here as well, and you love the Sharks about as much as Ryan does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It's such a... Oh, my God. Giggles. Um, Rostin. 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 Our powers combined. I am Rostin. Oh, silly. I need to stop. Make yeah, I'll go early bust. here. Go early and say Heinz will bust, really. Oh, God. Just go. Austin's going early. All right. <laughs> Early Austin. Talk to me. Talk to me about Nico Hines. All right, get, give us a full thoughts on this. Nico Hines, obviously last year, absolutely elite fantasy option, number one scorer. But um, 
little bit of a history lesson for everybody. Cam Smith was a number one scorer, and then he was overtaken by Damian Cook, who was overtaken by Payne Haas, who was overtaken by Nathan Cleary, who was overtaken by overtaken by Nico Hines the last five years of running. So uh, rule number one is dead. Uh, and talk to me about Nico Hines. <laughs> Nico Hines is actually a very interesting one for me because I was not hot on him in the preseason. I just thought he was a big beneficiary of that Melbourne Storm juggernaut. And I was actually talked into him by you guys because you guys were parading hard for him last year. Yeah, and boy. Yeah, and he was – because he had the wing of <laughs> fullback duel, he was in a perfect position to become – like that duel was just so handy, especially being the top scorer in a wing of fullback position is just crazy. But he's just he's just solid player. He's like Cleary, just solid player all round, can tackle, can offload, can run, does all the line share of kicking because he's got Matt Moylan next to him who does something don't know what it is and he goal kicks so it's just got all of it all of it going mm. for him and the sharks again have one of the easiest draws in the league so it's just he's just going to run wild again yeah if you're hearing the resentment in austin's voice it's because he thinks that the sharks are getting circle jerked by the nrl into getting a soft draw because he's a panthers <laughs> fan and the panthers are obviously hard done by by the nrl so um <laughs> yeah uh, man, yeah yeah, obviously, yeah, Hines really good. The other thing to help Hines is going to be the continuity. We know exactly what to expect out of him. It's going to be another mid-60s average season, I would suggest. Team looks almost identical, which is part of the problem and the reason why we're having to talk about non-related fantasy stuff today. I do actually have another option I want to throw at you guys here. But, um, yeah, Ryan, any thoughts on Nico Hines before we move across to the actually only fantasy relevant option here? Well, mate, I, I guess um, a, a lot of people are starting with Heinz. Um, we've gotten a lot of DMs after you put up a post basically saying, you know, don't start with Heinz, he's, he's, he's no good, um, asking, well, you know, what are we doing in the halves and who are we going for? Um, I just can't justify, I guess the only reason you could justify Heinz over Cleary is that Heinz very likely won't play Origin without injuries. But I just can't justify. Otherwise, I just can't justify as at least as a head-to-head player. I can't justify Cleary. Oh, sorry, going Hines over Cleary for what twenty-seven thousand less, especially. And the big thing is that Hines doesn't have that wing fullback duel. Like that positional advantage was huge last year. And without him, you were dead in the water. You needed him last year. Without that wing fullback, you know, he's just another gun half. Like he's another Cleary or Cherry Evans. Yeah. I actually have a little bit of a low-key love for Cherry Evans this year, which is normal, weird because I don't normally, I'm not normally interested in him. But I think, yeah, as you say, the big difference between Cleary, Cherry Evans, and Hines is Hines isn't going to play State of Origin. Uh, they got sort of an awkward buy, I guess. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just going to be another good season. But there's no reason that I, – I think I said in the article, like maybe pick him up in like round eight or something after his first first buy maybe. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I won't hold it against you if you decide you want to start with him, but I, um, yeah, I, I think you could do, uh, I think you could do better with your money. It's probably more, more the point. Mm. Um, but guys, I, what I really want to do is I want to talk to you about Sefer Talakai. Oh no! Oh god, here we go. Yeah. So Sefer Talakai, first four rounds at center last year. 75, 45, 68, and the infamous 107 in like 40, 40 minutes yeah. against Morgan Harper. <laughs> um, before he was shut down by the Broncos, um, quote unquote, with the 30 and a 40. 
um, before sort of, you know, going back to typical quote unquote uh, scoring from from a center or like an elite, what I would call an elite center scoring, um, and actually averaged forty five point three last year. Comes into this season with a break even of forty one. So I mean, there is four points of value there, but. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind with Talakai is he actually played the majority of last year with an AC joint injury. And being a player who was relying on his power and tackle bus and all that sort of stuff, um, I think he actually did it in the Raiders game maybe or something there. But, you know, that no doubt would have made an impact. Is there any way you could get talked into spending money on an elite center in Talakai, or if you were going to do that, would you go to a, you know, like a Jack Bird? Ryan, stop. Uh, oh, geez. No, no, no way. Oh, I just, yeah, I'm not spending 600K on a guy like Talakai. Like, I, I definitely get the AC joint injury. Like, you know, you don't need to look any further than Payne Haas to see what type of impact that can have on your scoring. Like, that obviously really impacted him last year. But, um, yeah, I... I, I just don't see it for, um, you know, Talakai is going to have the, you know, the odd good game where he does get a try, like the 68-75, but, uh, you know, he's not going to play Morgan Harper every week. Jeez, uh, I mean, if Manly is serious about winning a football game this year, he won't play him any week, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me, and, and like, for 600K, I'd just much rather take a, a punt on somebody else um, who, I, who I know what I'm getting. Mm, yeah. No, I, I'm just I'm just floating it out there, mate. Because I mean, this Sharks team is very boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he definitely could finish as the one or two number one or two center this year with him and Jack Bird. I mean, outside of that, there's really not a lot happening here. So, I mean, Austin, what about you? I think was was Talakai a Panthers expat or he was uh, Rabbitohs, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was Rabbitohs. Just kind of bumped around for a bit, but um. Yeah. No, I don't see – if I'm going to spend 600K on a centre, it's going to be a guy that has a history of doing it, like a Campbell Graham or even a Zach Lomax, and it's going mm-hmm. to probably be a goal kicker if I'm going to shell out. Or someone like Jack Bird who isn't playing in the centres. So yeah. the only time I spend expensive on a centre is when they're not playing in the centres. No, fair, <clears throat> fair enough, mate. I guess the only other one uh, really that we can sort of bring up to have a chat about is Teague Wilton and – Obviously, Wade Graham re-signs, but uh, is on the way out. Played a mix of edge and edge and and uh, sort of filled in at the centre, filled in at um, in the middle of the field. Wade Graham, but I mean Wilton filled in at centre. Uh, but he's an absolute fantasy weapon. Uh, Ryan, do you leave any room for the potential that uh, they might go with Wade Graham as the bench utility slash? you know, cover and have Wilton starting on the edge or you think Wade Graham's going to get the round one start? I think Graham's going to get the round one start. I could certainly see Graham potentially moving into a, a lock role. Like, I mean, he was doing that for a lot of last year where he was um, playing the first, uh, like, 25, 30 minutes uh, on the edge and then Wilton would come on and Graham would shift into the middle and he'd play lock for about, 30 minutes or so or 20 to 30 minutes before Fanukan or whoever was playing lock that day would come back on. Um, you know, and with Graham's uh, ball-playing ability, uh, he, he might be suited to that role. Like, he started his career as a 5'8 with uh, Austin's Penrith. Um, you know, we know he's got that 
left-footed boot that he can actually put a kick in to, you know, complement Hines to take a little bit of pressure off him. So maybe he moves into that role um, later on in the year, playing, you know, say 30, 40 minutes at lock and Wilton takes over. But um, it's also not a bad alternative just to leave Wilton as a 50 to 60-minute edge, just as a, from a footy perspective, coming on once, uh, you know, the, the hard yards are done and Wilton can really take advantage of some of that, those type um, edge forwards. Yeah, I mean, you look at Wilton last year, um, he averaged 60 minutes for 38. So mm. he he comes in a bit cheaper than that, but I think we're going to want to see him like basically in a full-time 80-minute edge role to be to be considering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got a couple of other guys here. McInnes, really good last year, but, you know, he's not going to get their minutes this year. Same Probably Nakora's would be a lot better if he had dual position. Fanukin, no thank you. Um, is there any other sharks that we want to discuss? They're not really, you know, there's there's not even any orange on our sheet at all. It's just all, you know, projected to do more or less exactly what they did last year. They've added Oregon Confuci and got rid of Aiden Tolman, which is in net neutral. Um, there's been some robust discussions around, um, around Royce Hunt and what they might do with the bench, there's a couple of people who seem to think that they're going to go with a um, Trindle on the bench and leave out one of Kafusi or Royce Hunt or Braden Hamlin Ueli. Uh, but I think between McInnes and Wade Graham and Teague Wilton, they cover the back line, centres, hooker, and they don't need to carry a outside back. So that's going to be an interesting one. It's probably something where if they do decide to go that way and there's an extra, you know, set of minutes there for the forwards, we can have another look at it. But, I mean, as it stands now, we've got them sort of all cannibalising each other and, and that's the way I think mm-hmm. it's going to shake out. Are you guys in yeah. agreement? I think I think with the Sharks, it's just they're one of those teams where you're just sort of waiting on an injury for value to present itself, um, for one of these guys to go down and all of a sudden a role is there for one of these other guys to step into. Like, say, if, you know, Graham goes down... Um, Wilton can step into that 80-minute edge role or if, you know, there's an injury in the forward pack, McInnes's minutes can increase. But, yeah, until then, I think you're just waiting and seeing. Yep. No, I don't have any sharks at the moment and I'm not rushing to buy any. So any, any thoughts from you, Austin? Are you, are you there, mate? Are you still... Yeah, no, I'm still here. I just yeah. met their faces. But, yeah, um, definitely agree. Norm- normalcy in a team is bad for fantasy because there's no opportunities. Yep. Everyone's playing the same role. Yeah, early early pick for early pick for the uh, the title. The most fantasy relevant things the Sharks can do is release Lucky Miller, I think. Yep. <laughs> yes. Free Miller. Free, free, free Lucky Miller. Miller. Yeah. They didn't do it last year with Metcalf either, the jerks. Yeah, bastards. Yeah, I I I I so I I read apparently the thing that's holding it up is the Knights um need to give him something back but the the Sharks don't need anything. <laughs> So, yeah, I just don't really understand. I don't really know what the Knights could give the Sharks that they don't already have a better version of, short of like trading Nakora for Tyson Frizzell or something like that. I'm not even convinced that's an upgrade at the moment. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so, yeah, hard times, hard times in the uh, the Hunter and good times in the Shire, I think. And and this is my early pick for the NRL Grand Final winners for 2023, the Canola Sharks. Ryan will do another another (laughs) shoey. Get the port side gone. 
<laughs> put, it, put it back on. <laughs> you threw it out after the... You ripped it off the wall after the Bronson Cherry stuff, didn't you? <laughs> it's gone, mate. It's it's in Belmore with, with yeah. Cherry. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Apologies for the terrible giggling at the start of the podcast. <laughs> and um, hopefully the next one will be a lot more you know, serious and professional. But we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Love you guys.